Welcome to Your Best Bet, episode number 171, going live here. Uh, NBA season is coming up, uh, and traditionally we do a pretty big preview show uh, to kind of talk about some some odds, uh, storylines, best bets, that kind of thing. We're going to do something like that again tonight. Uh, a lot of changes in the NBA, even in the last month. Actually, the most significant changes in the last month in the offseason have happened recently. So we got a lot to talk about there. Uh, also going to talk about the Ryder Cup uh, off the top. Zach, Johnny, and I did a preview of the Ryder Cup. We did not record a post-Ryder Cup, so got to do some Ryder Cup thoughts. Johnny Strauser is here. Johnny, I, I, the elephant in the room with you, and I haven't mentioned it, is the Detroit Lions. I've tried not to – I don't want to, like, jinx it even talking about it now, but I haven't really said anything to you via text because – like I just I just don't want to ruin anything, but also like holy shit. That team is a unit, isn't it? I mean, that team, like, you know, just trying to as independently view it as I can. I mean, they are just good on both sides of the ball. They're good on special teams. They're so well coached. Uh, Brad Holmes, the GM, makes seemingly all the right moves. It's just like. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I mean, I don't know what to think. Um, if I see a team like this in, you know, this reminds me of like how well set up like the, the Kansas city chiefs are, or, you know, pick any, any good franchise. And I mean, they just, they beat you down with that elite offensive line. I mean, I think they got, I think they got the second best offensive line behind the Eagles, um, you know, in the league. And They've got an offensive coordinator who unfortunately is going to be uh, somewhere else next year, but he, he knows Goff's strengths, weaknesses, and, and they, they just wear you down though. They just, they don't make the mistakes that I'm so accustomed to watching. Like I have to luckily having um, league pass. I have to watch the games a couple other times. Cause I'm like, I, there had to have been mistakes that they made and they're just not doing it. And it's just when, when they get running backs to go down, uh, like I thought they were going to lose that game in Tampa Bay. Um, all the running backs got hurt. Montgomery went down early and it, Craig Reynolds, which is a good dude, but he's just not a very good running back. He was their main guy. Jared Goff throws for like 325 yards or something like that. And they just beat you through the air and through the, with the defense. It's just unbelievable. And I'm like, I I'm trying not to get like overly excited about it, but how can you not when they're just, they're beating teams legitimately and they've, they've won, you know, Three good road games, you know, one uh, against the Chiefs at Green Bay and, and now at Tampa Bay, you know, so it's just it's it's exciting stuff. I, uh, I do think Ben Johnson is going to be head coach next year. He, he could be the head coach of my football team next year. I'm, I'm eyeing him. Um, I'm sure the Bears will screw that up. So in some way, if that's if they grab if they grab him, but uh, yeah, I'm very impressed by the offense. I think is it what 15, 16 games in a row where they've scored twenty points, um, something like mm-hmm. that. That's so. that's that's pretty incredible. The defense is much improved. Hutchinson is awesome. He's so fun to watch. And Goff, I I mean I, you know I think the thought when they when they got him in the Stafford trade was okay. He's going to be a placeholder for. Yep someone else somewhere down the road, but I think he's returned to the guy he was early on with the Rams when he's protected well. He's very effective and he can run 
an offense and a, a system really, really well. And uh, he's been very good. He's been very good. Like the last 16 games, he's had MVP type numbers. Can't even believe saying it, but he's good. Jared Goff is good. And Dan Campbell is one of the most likable coaches uh, in the NFL, probably up there with Mike McDaniel. And uh, yeah, they are, they are tough right now. I do think they have a schedule loss coming this weekend, but I thought that potentially last weekend, um, that this is a tough one, you know, second row game in a row at Baltimore. Um, but incredibly impressive by the Lions. So needed to talk about that off the top. Meanwhile, Thursday night games, we're recording this on Thursday night. Got the slog of a game already. Jags, Saints. I always think during the day, like, man, this is it's gonna be fun. Like, it doesn't matter who's playing. Like, it's football, and even when there's good teams, like, I get excited about the thought during Thursday, like, if I'm at work, and then then the game starts, and then it's just like, oh, this kind of sucks. What is that? Every freaking Thursday night game is like this. I, you know, I, I've I've actually wondered that same thing because yeah, you get excited, you're like, oh, football. And then you're like watching watching the Saints, and you're just like, this this isn't great. I don't know. Is it is it because you know the guys aren't fully healthy from the the week's recovery? Is it the game plans aren't very good? I have a theory though. I have this theory, and I've had it for I don't know five plus years. Um, defenses don't like to get embarrassed on national TV, and I think their game plans. Um, on nationally televised games, especially short weeks like this, is more simplified and it's just play as hard as you can because you don't want to get you don't want to get lit up for thirty eight points in a, in a nationally televised game and then be the 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 butt of the joke until the you know until the Sunday game. So I think that I've always thought that and like when I when I used to play fantasy football, I didn't mind playing or I didn't like to play like a ton of offensive players in these, in these night games, these nationally national televised games, because I thought the defenses would be just a little bit stronger and you generally see low scoring games. And I mean, we've seen some just duds even this season here. And, you know, this is another one. So I don't know if that's true, but that's just kind of my, my thing is, is I think the players have this sense of pride. And I think that's the biggest thing is they just tend to show up and, and they don't just don't want to get embarrassed. Um, are you buying Herb Street on, on on the NFL period? Buying him oh as a broadcaster? Yeah. It feels just like a really big college football game when he's the broadcaster. I know Al Michaels and Al Mal- Al Michaels is is elite and he always has been and everything, but it just feels like it's a really big college football game, like the like a playoff college football playoff game or or you know, it's the Saturday night game you know, in the SEC or something like that. But I, I don't mind him. I've always liked him um, as as a broadcaster uh, doing color. And I, I really like him on game day. I've always really liked him. I know he catches a lot of shit being an Ohio State guy who doesn't, who's kind of impartial. So like the Ohio State fans despise him. And, and you know, there's a lot of, that's a lot of college football. And I think that's what kind of makes it neat, but I don't mind it. I mean, uh, I think he's really good. He's really insightful and, you know, he generally tries to be kind of down the middle as much as he can. I think most broadcasters are, but he really kind of sounds that way. I mean, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's like it's taken me some getting getting used to with with him and Michaels. It's I'm just like, oh yeah, I was I, I forget every time I turn on Prime, like, oh yeah, Herb Street's here. Um but yeah, I don't mind it. It's something new. Uh you know someone that's I, I think is very good that I never thought would be worth a shit at it is uh Mark Sanchez. I, I don't mind him. Like yeah. he's he's reasonable. Um and like his analysis is solid his voice sounds good you know there's just a lot of good things to him that i didn't i didn't expect and that's that's kind of nice i think greg olson i think he might be the best right now i know Mm -hmm. romo was considered the best there but i i think that maybe that's that's you know kind of become a little stagnant but i really like olson um i i think he is interesting we'll have to see if brady comes on board at some point i don't know what's gonna what's gonna go on there with his future contract with fox but Anyways, I digress. Um, we did record the Ryder Cup podcast, uh, preview podcast, uh, podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, did not get a chance to record a, a, a follow-up. Um, so, you know, we want to talk about the NBA, but we, we have to just dig into this for a few minutes. Um, I think the opening question is, what the fuck? You know, this is this was my not in this level, but this was kind of my fear was, you know, you saw the odds months and months ago was was USA heavily juiced at like minus 175. And then it kept shrinking and shrinking and shrinking as that as that European team appeared to be getting better and better. And then after the tour championship, the Euros kept playing in the events and you know then it actually became i think close to even money there and and usually when when i've noticed especially in like football games is when sharps buy heavy on that kind of stuff because they can kind of see it and they bought it down and kind of had an idea that that uh this wasn't going to be the cakewalk here and if you look at it you know i know hindsight's hindsight is, is what it is but if you look at it like a lot of the stuff that uh, the european team would go on scouting trips and there was there was dinners together and you know the stuff that we kind of talked about that we weren't sure if it really mattered um it, it kind of ended up doing it because you know the the a lot of the US players didn't do it then you hear some guys like like Patrick Cantlay um because he wasn't getting paid um was it Jamie Weir that, that yeah. tweeted that yeah. he wouldn't wear the hat whether that was true or not i don't know um Xander Schauffele according to his dad wasn't even like under contract with the PGA of America until just a couple weeks beforehand. And his spot was in doubt. And, and in the classic way of any United States national sports team failing, it burned to the ground. And it was just, it was so disappointing from getting swept in the opening uh, session on Friday morning. So everybody, you know, it started at one 30 in the morning, our dumbasses woke up because we thought, you know, we wanted to root for the United States there. Um, you know, they get swept there, and and that was it. You know, they had a couple chances in that second session to make it respectable. Lost late as the U.S. traditionally does on foreign soil there, and they just implode. And and you know, you see the body language of the European team celebrating every putt, like Shane Lowry. That dude was a fucking maniac every time he he'd win a hole he'd make a four footer or something like that so you know just something that he made he makes a million of them in his life and is going nuts to fire up the crowd and then you look at guys like you know 
you know, you like Shawfle and Cantlay and you know, those guys just kind of just nothing, just nothing burgers from them. And, and that kind of stuff, you know, they, they, that feeds off, you know, players mm-hmm. feed off of that kind of stuff. You know, you look at like, I'm not a big fan of like, and I never played organized football, but you know how you got some football players that act crazy and get their guys all fired up and all that kind of stuff. A lot of them do it just because the other players feed off it too. If, if somebody's body language, if you're looking at one of your better players and their body language sucks, you know, you're going to be like, well, he doesn't care. So I don't care either. And I, I think they in a way got a case of that and then kind of got desperate as it got later in the, in the, uh, in the matches and everything. But I mean, you could look at it a whole number of reasons. And I'm sure you're, you've got several that, that you, you know, that you think, but it was fucking disappointing. Yeah. You, you hit on a lot of them, but uh, to kind of cycle back from where you started with Cantley and Xander. Um, God, that's just, it's just disappointing to hear guys say that if that's the, if that's the case. And, and I I'm confident it is. Um, Michael Bamberger from the Fire Pit Collective. He had he had a story a couple weeks after that that you know had uh, it was source I know sources say but like um, someone heard Cantley refer to um, a PGA of America member um, and Cantley mentioned how much he was getting paid just to be there and you know, work there and he said he'll wear a hat when um, he gets paid as much as that guy. I mean it's shit like that. I'm like dude, like. The, the disappointing part is on, on, on the the and this came up what in the '99 Ryder Cup before the '99 yes, Ryder Cup with David Duvall. D- Duvall and I think even Mark O'Meara of all people mentioned it's like really, um, it's like if these guys see it in a, a different lens, like if I go out there and I'm a star at the Ryder Cup, do you know how many potential um, you know lucrative deals are on the table for you to make money off of? Ryder Cup itself. I mean, if you think about how big it is, like Max Homa, pretty much the starring role of the U.S. team. Don't you think he he just he made himself money by what he did at the Ryder Cup and his personality and everything that goes in that with that? There's got to be something that that came from that, but the guys don't see it that way. Um, The whole thing is, is is disappointing. Xander's dad has. It's 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 starting to feel a little bit like Levar Ball, you know, like he's this great comparison, <laughs> right? Like what what the fuck is he gonna say yes. now? <laughs> um, but I never I never thought of it much as far as like what's what's additive for the Euro team, especially when when it's 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 a away game for the US. For, for those guys being so together and the chemistry and, you know, we thought this team was different. We thought we, we have chemistry. We got all these young guys and there's no Phil and Tiger um, remaining kind of negativity to this team. It's a brand new set of guys. They grew up together to play a lot of junior golf. Um, they seem to be, most of them are friends. Criticism during the, the, the captain's picks on it being too much of a buddy system. And we were like, that's, that's actually what we want. That's great. That's what, that's what the European team has been doing for years, but there's still something missing. Is it, is it not authentic? Like it feels authentic for the European team. It still doesn't feel real for the U S team. 
I mean, I guess you could argue whistling straights. It felt pretty real, but they just played fucking great golf too. And it still feels like the Euro team is together, even when they're getting their ass kicked. And, um, you know, nothing, nothing I think symbolized that more when it was on the first tee. And I think it, I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday, but it was Xander and Cantley going against Hatton and Rom. And I know, I know you know what I'm going to say, but, you know, picture. Rom, Rom had his arm around Hatton and they're all, you know, it's tight knit and they're buddies. And then Xander and Cantley just look fucking miserable. Like they're, like they're looking down. Like they just, it just, it really symbolized the whole week for me. Um, by the way, the 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 X follow, not Twitter, X um, art, or it's like sports with art, or I, I don't know the Twitter. Art with sports. Art, art yeah. but make it sports. Art but make it sports. Thank make you. Make it yes. sports. It's so good. <laughs> That's such an amazing follow. They had some really good ones throughout the week, and that was, of course, one photo that they did that with. But um, it just feels like that, like Shane Lowry, you mentioned, like he didn't play great. But like his presence felt like it mattered, like his emotional presence felt like it mattered. And it just doesn't feel like that with the U.S. guys that maybe don't have a great week. Like, you know, Sam Burns certainly didn't play well, but like he didn't add anything to the team. It felt like that they needed to get over the top in certain matches. You know, Brooks didn't play well. I didn't see him out there rooting other guys on when he wasn't playing and you always see that with the Euro guys, and I do think that matters. Um, I don't know. I mean, you could argue since the task force was formed after the 2014 Ryder Cup that, you know, we haven't lost a home game, but we haven't been close in the two road games in 2018 or 2023. And I'm just – I'm not that optimistic we're going to be any closer in 2027 when we have to go win over there. I, I'm very confident we'll win at Bethpage uh, in two years, but – Man, I just I don't know. I don't I don't see a path right now to win on the road. I won't I will not be fooled in four years. I just won't be. Let's get let's get to the captains. Um Luke Donald's just seemed to kill it and, and everything you read and you hear. Man, our guy struggled. Zach Johnson, I thought was I thought he was terrible. I don't know what you thought. He was he was third worst that I can remember of my lifetime. Uh, not he, not the worst, but the third worst of the United States captains that I, that I can remember uh, Hal Sutton and Tom Watson would be the other two. Of course, um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it turned out Jordan speed didn't have any golf game coming in, but he really should have thrown out his, his two, you know, you know, captain America's and, in. JT and and Jordan and just kind of tried to set a tone. They need to set kind of an attitude in those opening matches. And you just got to establish what your identity is. We're going to talk about the NBA. That's that's a lot of what you do in in basketball or or football. We talked about the Lions. You you establish in, in an event, you establish what the identity is and sitting those two guys was was just I, I think a colossal failure. They, they they probably would have lost, you know, just based on how everybody played. But I think you had to just you got to throw these guys out there, um, you know, because that's kind of your your trusted guys that can go out there and grind out um, and maybe get you a half point, maybe get you a point. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, throwing, you know, I don't you, we don't want to you know blast on Sam Burns here, but he was downright. I love Sam Burns. Atrocious. He's not good. We, 
with Scotty, and I know that that's why you picked him with Scott. You play, paired him with Scotty, but you know, not putting him with uh, you know with Brooks a little bit, you know, someone a little bit more um, battle tested and everything like that. I think there was just a lot of bad decisions, and it just it didn't really work throughout the whole week, and and it just was, I don't know, it, it just one of those things that I think with Zach. That's just kind of, I think that kind of was the way the week went, uh, you know, kind of just fit his personality, kind of an easygoing, passive kind of guy. And, you know, they didn't play well in the first session. They played pretty good in the afternoon on Friday. And then, you know, you need to rally the guys and it just, it just wasn't there. So I was quite disappointed. Um, He'll make an okay, an assistant captain in the next, you know, 10 Ryder Cups or whatever they pick him for. But eject that guy into the sun. If you ever consider giving him another Ryder cup captaincy. No, his pressers were, his pressers were brutal. He couldn't, couldn't form a sentence at times. And then when he did respond, he didn't, he just, he gave you nothing, gave you absolutely nothing. I thought he added zero to the team. Again, I, I just, it was disappointing. Uh, just one more, you know, piece of the puzzle that was disappointing. Um, you know, there wasn't, there weren't really many bright spots at all. We, you know, Max was unbelievable. That was clearly a bright spot. Um, and there really wasn't a lot beyond that. Um, Scotty no. was, Scotty wasn't good. I mean, he played well at times. And I think he played well in the singles match on Sunday in the leadoff spot against Rom, but there's, you know, Spieth was an absolute disaster. Like, like unplayable, uh, really. Um, JT, you know, he he battled. Um, I think he got a point and a half, but he he really didn't play well either. There's, I mean, we we can talk about the emotional aspect and the the chemistry and the camaraderie, but also they just they just didn't play well. Um, they got to figure out this foursomes thing. Um, you cannot just. I mean, it's it's disappointing. Like you mentioned, it's over really before it even gets going when you're down 4-0 for the first session it's 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 almost an insurmountable deficit um in a road game like that but there you know you know i i say all this and then on the other hand i'm like man there were so many matches that were decided on the 18th hole where it looked like we were going to win and they got to have or it looked like we we're going to have and they got to win i mean i could think of five or six especially friday afternoon where Mm-hmm. There was there was a major swing, um, you know, so I say all that, but also like, I think this was closer than 16 and a half and 11 and a half. Um, it really was. And even there's even moments on Sunday where we were texting, like, there's we like 20 minutes, there's like 20 minutes where we're like, holy shit, like, there's a path right here. And we're going to get down these last two matches, it felt like, um, but it shouldn't ever come to that. You know, and it just, it, I, I don't, I want to get to a Sunday where I don't have to be, um, you know, f- forging a road for them to come back from uh, a, a huge deficit to make history. I just, you know, I think we thought if they were within nine, seven, something like that going into Sunday, that they were going to be fine and they'd, they'd be able to win. But man, tough, just, just real tough. Looking forward to, to 25. Are, are we, are we looking at, Tiger being the uh, the captain at Beth Page, I mean, I've seen, I think, I've seen I've seen some stuff out there about Stu Sink. Um, I just don't know about that. Not yet. I think I think you got to ask Tiger if he's if he's healthy and wants to commit to the two two years, and you ask him for 
Beth Page, and then uh, where are they going in 27? I can't remember where they're going it's in a, Europe. It's in Ireland. I know that. I can't remember the course. Oh, it's uh, Adair Manor. That's right. That's yeah. Right. So I think you got to, I think you asked Tiger. And I think that's what they're waiting on at this point. I think they're just trying to get a commitment from Tiger. And I think you give him two. And then sync would be the United States in, in 2029. I think that's just, you. I think you got to give Tiger, because, you know, we've talked about it. Originally, it was supposed to be Mickelson at Beth Page, which would have been perfect. Tiger at Adair Manor. And then, um, you know, then you go from there, but give, give the man two if he wants them. He may not want to, he may not want to do two because I, you know, he did, uh, President's Cup, he did the one in Australia. And I think they offered to the, the United States one. And I obviously, I, I, you know, with his other projects and everything like that, that, uh, that he didn't, but hopefully he will commit to it because I think you got to have him for a road game because, um, I think you got to look at each, individual guy and i don't know if there's any solution to to winning these games but you've got to pull each guy into a room and say look man if you don't want to be here that's fine you don't have to be here you know you can we, we could fake injury or we can you know whatever but i think if anybody on that team let's say he's he's the captain in in ireland if anybody on that team flies over there and can't give 100%, no matter how much they're not getting paid or how much the PGA of America is getting paid or whatever, I cannot give Tiger Woods, you know, 100% effort and passion and everything that's needed, then, 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 then they're a lost cause. So I think that's, I think they got to, they got to redirect the thinking as far as how this goes. And, and unfortunately, either you got to pay the guys to be there. Or you've got to just tell them, look, man, don't don't show up. There's there's they can get they can get other guys like Max Homa who just said, give me every single match. I, you don't have to pay me. I'll I'll play as hard as I can and everything like that. And I I believe a lot of them did that, but you know it's just the optics and everything like that. And um, I think that's that that's it. Is they've got to just they they got to change it. It's just it's got to be different. I think. I think before, you know, when we were recording the, the preview pod, I think we were talking about who's who are the guys on the U.S. team past JT that what you would say has, gives you emotional lift, you know, who are the heart of the team. And we couldn't really name it. Really couldn't. I mean, we kind of argued speed, but speed has been a little hit and miss in, in these really since 2014 or 2016. Cup, but I, I think Max has stepped up and we're like, man, that guy truly gives a shit and he wants it. Love to see it. And JT's right there too. Maybe golf wasn't there, but we can always trust that he's going to be all in on it. And I yeah. past, past that, I just don't know. I just don't know where, you know, if the rest of those guys are there. Um, yeah. I mean, if, Ricky, if, Fowler, Ricky Fowler, given, given the winning putt, and he didn't know that was probably the winning putt at the time. Maybe he did. I don't know. But eject that dude into the sun. I mean, I yeah, like Ricky. I root for him all the time, and I still will. But my God. Can't, can't be on another Ryder Cup. Just can't. No. I mean, he's going to have to automatically qualify. He can't pay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you can do the hindsight's 2020 thing and say, man, Keegan said he would he would do anything to be on this team. Maybe maybe we needed him. Maybe we need more guys like yep. that. I agree. I I hundred percent. Yeah, man, that was tough. 
Uh, and, and I agree with you on Tiger. I think I think offering him back to back is really the only way, and you have to. I'm just thinking that like the pipeline of U.S. captains is just like it's a whole, it's a big hole, <laughs> especially with Mickelson not being in the equation any longer. Um, I I read somewhere where DJ said he'd be interested in being a captain. It's just like, dude, I don't. First of all, I don't know if I could ever envision that anyways. Um, and we both love DJ, but like also this live thing, I don't I don't know how that's all gonna work out down the road. But I just yeah. looked on the other side of Europe. I mean, God, there's so many guys, even with the live defections where you could you see a path for a lot of these guys to be captains. Mm-hmm. I just don't I don't see it on the US side at all unless they unless they kind of retroactively look at guys that might have they that have missed out or they skipped before. Right. We'll see how that see how that ends up. All right. NBA season is starting next week. Um, it always sneaks up on me uh, because we do the thing where football is like in full full go at this point in the year, mid October. We've had six, seven weeks of football. Golf is kind of coming to an end, so we're pretty much all in on college football, NFL, and then boom, then. Then basketball started, NBA's starting up. It's always a little bit of a weird feeling, but trying to do something different for this pod compared to the last couple of years when we've done it with Colin, which was, uh, you know, we just kind of go through storylines, some of our favorites, um, bets, sleepers, that kind of thing. Similar to, um, by the way, YouTube TV has done an outstanding job with uh, NFL, the Sunday ticket. I mean, um, with the multi-view options, it's unbelievable. Um, So with that in mind, I thought, what would be a great way to sort of hype up certain teams or the upcoming season? Then think about it from that perspective. And who are the NBA teams that are the most league pass worthy teams? So if you get the league pass subscription, you have the option to watch every NBA game the whole season. Um, You know, who would be the teams that you'd want to tune in to see on a night to night basis. Um, I always have this, this thought or have this commitment before the NBA season starts where I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go all in and watch as much NBA as I can. I'm going to be watching the the West coast games when everyone else goes to bed. And, and some version of that takes place first couple of weeks. And then I'm, I, then I have a hard time keeping up with the pace uh, because it's, it's just nonstop. Um, I don't know where you're at with that. I know you're a Pistons guy, um, but it's just it's hard to watch a ton of NBA games besides maybe the national, you know, televised Turner games or an ESPN game on a Friday night because there's just so much to watch from, you know, a night to night basis. Yeah, it it certainly is. Um so just for anybody interested right now, uh, FanDuel's actually got another promotion. They did it last year. You just opt in. Uh, you make a bet of like $5, and they give you the NBA League Pass for free for three months. Now, you can't wait until like December to opt in because it's got to be done like before the season. But just opt in, make a $5 bet. They give you a code, and you could sign up and just set a – set a reminder in your calendar to to cancel it, you know, one or two days beforehand. But I like it. I like it at the beginning of the season because, you know, a lot of guys are playing hard. You know, in general, they're mostly healthy, and uh, um, you get to see kind of what the teams look like um, out of the gate. And that's not necessarily a, a, um, 
a telltale of how they'll be at the end of the season. But, you know, I just like it because, you know, everybody wants that fresh start. The the guys start the season playing hard and, and uh, you know, um, generally offensive numbers are pretty good, um, you know, once they, they get into the game flows. But you're right, there is a lot of games and um, I will je- mostly stick to like the um, – uh, the nationally televised games on ESPN and, and Turner. Um, I do have an app that uh, I do watch the Pistons games on um, just started doing that last season. And now that they got kind of a young core, they're halfway interesting to lose 55 games. So, you know, it's just one of those things, but usually the finish is after my bedtime. So, you know, I just watch the first like three and a half quarters and, and, and go to bed, but there's a lot of I mean, the NBA is cool just because the, the off season is, generally kind of insane so like at the beginning of the season you kind of you don't watch any of the preseason games so you're like oh this guy plays for this guy this team and this guy plays here and i didn't realize this and i'm just i'm or i knew this guy was traded here so i'm kind of just curious so it's fun um it i recommend anybody do that just get the thing for free for a few months just watch these games the best time to bet nba is from now until christmas after christmas until really until the playoffs um, is, is very, very hit or miss. So this is a good time to, to be in tune with what's going on place, a, you know, a lot, a little, whatever place your bets. And once about Christmas gets here, um, then you kind of get hit or miss efforts and, and everything like that. And you get load management and, you know, whether guys, you know, play hard or not. Sometimes guys won't play the fourth quarter or whatever. So fun time though. It's exciting. Um, football started uh, for me. Uh, hockey has already started here. Um, so the NBA is just all the better. Um, and I'm, I, you know, watching the greatest athletes in the world, um, you know, playing these games is always a blast. Yeah. After we talk about our, our league pass rankings, we'll talk about some best bets we have for the upcoming season. And maybe I'll ask you about some of, you know, the type of things you bet on and what's your NBA betting strategy and, and how it, how, how we both attack it and how it differs. But, uh, let me ask you about the the Pistons real quick. Did the uh, did their window close on the night of the lottery? <laughs> oh, I could still remember where I was. I was at a bar in the middle of nowhere, uh, off of Houghton Lake, Michigan, and in, in a cold, cold day, and we had it on this hole in the wall bar on the TV. And when they pulled the card out as the fifth pick. Oh couple of us just we we were we were kind of belligerent at that time so it was just like oh my god i think, I, got, I, think so, I audibly gasped like oh my god yeah the, for, for have you know what and and i don't hate it because they had the most or the least amount of wins last season and that really kind of just says don't tank you know you gotta just you know you gotta mm-hmm. depend on the ping pong balls and everything like that. So if this was like another team, if this is the Houston Rockets or some other team, I would have been like, ah, you know, you know, you, you guys suck. And, you know, the Pistons got awarded the, the, the pick, uh, the number one pick a few years ago when they got Cade. And it was like, you know what, it's going to be hard to win it again. Not to say that there's collusion or there's other things going on, but you know, it is what yeah. it is. And, and everything like that, but I mean, they've got a pretty good core and, and, uh, them uh, signing Monty Williams as the head coach. I think uh, he's going to install some uh, better uh, offensive methods and in, in, in his playbook that he ran in Phoenix 
than uh, than Dwayne Casey did, and I think he's going to demand more on the defensive end side of the ball. And so they should be a little, a little bit more interesting. I think they're over-unders like 27 wins this year, and we'll see. I mean, it's just all about whether Cade's, Cade Cunningham is healthy and, and he could stay healthy for the season and, um, you know, all that other stuff. So, you know, I don't know. If, if they make the playoffs in the next, like, three years, I'll be happy. But they're mostly like, I'm just, you know, they just got the the Pistons logo on their chest, so I'm just going to watch them and not really expect much, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, it just kind of is what it is at this point with uh, with that franchise. Um, yeah, they have like five centers, don't they? They have like Wiseman, Bagley, yeah. Stewart, Bryn. Yep. I mean, it's yeah. there's a lot going on there. Um, yeah. I, 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 even if they got Wemby, I don't know if he would have broken through you know, and gotten the starting spot over those guys. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I have some, I do have a little bit of worry about Cade uh, with his injury coming back and just, I hope something like that doesn't linger. Um, I do have thoughts and hopes of him being like a, like a poor man's Luca, um, which would be a great player. Um, but yeah, I, well, what worries about, what worries me about him is he either went to either pescatarian or he went vegetarian uh, or uh, something. No. He basically gave up, gave up meat, and man, that's you know as much as these guys play, you gotta you gotta get those sources of protein. So I, I mean, he had put on some weight before he had the uh, the shin injury, but uh, you're right, is you know he only played what ten games last year, something like that. So you know, hopefully, he needs time with Jaden Ivey, and and you know Jalen Duran is going to be a good big man. Um, and he's going to catch a lot of alley oops and get a lot of rebounds and and whatnot. But the Eagles got they just got to play. They just got to get them on the floor together and and see how that works. So that's going to be a big thing is is keeping them all on the floor. And I think they'll be fun. I think they'll. I'm just hoping. So a couple of years ago, I I told uh, we we've had my cousin Brandon on here a couple times on the podcast. I've told him before. You know what? I just want them to go halfway through the fourth quarter and have a chance in as many games as they can. They're not going to win all these games. And they did a couple of years ago. And then last year uh, no. was definitely not the case. And I, I don't know if that was doing Casey, just not being you know, overly mentally into it or whatever. I don't, I don't want to say necessarily anything bad about him, but you know, it's just one of those things that they got to play a full 48 minutes as a team. And cause you're just not good enough to close out these games and you gotta, you gotta build that up. I like how you're protecting Dwayne Casey on the podcast. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, he never did anything, say anything bad about me. So, you know, I just don't want to say anything bad about him. <laughs> I mean, I just rip into my coaches like all the time. Like Matt Eberflus is the worst NFL coach I could ever dream up. But here you are protecting Dwayne Casey a couple of years later. So I'm impressed. Um yeah, we'll see. Uh, see where are the Pistons if they can take a step forward here. Which which Thompson do they have? Did they draft? I didn't even remember. Asar. Okay, they have Asar. They... Who's who's the more defensive, all around minded player? Uh, Amin was the offensive guy. That's right. And That's right. Asar is more of the do everything. They really like him on defense. They may bring him off the bench just to kind of so he's because he can play defense and and you know. He can handle the ball, and he, he can get to the basket and everything like that. But, uh, yeah, they didn't get the offensive guy. He was, His brother was drafted the, the pick before. All right, let's get into the rankings here. Um, I, I'm going to start with – and I don't know if you had any close to your top ten that you would say were, were honorable mention. We just uh, 
my guest last week, Cullen, uh, and I did our, our top five horror movies, and we did certainly did an honorable mention list. So I do have a couple honorable mention teams that didn't quite crack the top ten, but I think will be fun to watch. I don't know if you landed on any of those as well. Okay. okay. So I had um, I had the Minnesota Timberwolves as just outside my top ten, and might be a strange selection to some. Um, it's really just for one player and one player that I think is going to take a, just a massive leap. And we saw it over the summer um, with the, I guess it was the world cup. Um, and Anthony Edwards, I think is just going to be awesome this year. And I don't know where they are going to land in the, in the landscape of the West this year. Um, but this dude is incredible. Um, he plays basketball like, like Adrian Peterson used to play football. Um, it's just, it, it, he's so intense and he just, he plays hard every possession. And I just, I just appreciate watching him because I just don't see a lot of guys like that. Kind of reminds me of like of a young Russell Westbrook as well. But yes. I think he, I think he's, his ceiling might be higher. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to mention a best bet on him later, but um you know, outside of him, the T-Wolves have a ton of questions. Uh, they're still suffering from the Rudy trade, I think. Cat, um, I think, is on the trade block. He's been on the trade block. I don't know if that's ever going to work with all those guys, but I think Edwards alone can carry them to a playoff berth, and I think he's worth watching. I actually had him. I had that in my top ten, so I, I actually okay. like that for a lot of those same reasons. Anthony Edwards is just – He's like a sledgehammer. I mean, you know, G's just going to go all out. Um, I'm going to like him in um, in his points props at the beginning of the year. I'm going to like him in his three-point props. Um, I think he's just going to handle the ball quite a bit. He's going to put up his shots, and I think he's going to be fun to watch. Um, I think he's a, a he's a superstar waiting to happen. I think he's just – he's on the precipice of that, and it's just a matter of time, and – you know, it may maybe in Minnesota, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, good point. Uh, just outside my top ten, I had the Cavs as well. Um, I, I think, you know, Mitchell gets a lot of the a lot of the praise, and he can be incredible at times. I really like Darius Garland. I think he's really one of maybe maybe one of the five most underrated players in the league. Uh, I think Evan Mobley could could be Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I don't know what to make of that team during playoff time in the East, uh, especially with the top two teams we'll talk about at some point, I'm sure. But uh, I think the Cavs are fun watch. And then uh, I have the Spurs on there uh, just just for Wemby. Just had to. Just from what I've seen in preseason, it's, it's, it is really – it's unlike anything you've ever seen on a basketball court. It's, it's like you feel like he can block any shot no matter where he's at, it's, it's, it's pretty insane. I, I just can't wait to see it. They're not going to be good, um, but man, what a building block. And I just can't, can't wait to see where it goes. I also had the Spurs in my honorable mention because of Wemby. And yeah, I think some of the highlights that we're going to see on NBA TV or on sports center, whatever um, is, is going to be just incredible. Like that one dunk that he had, um, where he was like at like the, the, he was still in like the circle and just kind of reached up and, and dunked it. And then the one guy's reaction, I don't know who it was, but he was in the paint there and just kind of wide eyed it, um, you know, couldn't even believe it there. So I, I do uh, have them in my, my uh, honorable mention there. 
And then who else did you mention right before that? Because I had them as well. Cavs. Jesus, I can't even remember. The, Cav- the Cavs will be fun. The Cavs will be fun Eastern Conference team. For me, for the league pass stuff, because being a Pistons fan, I've seen plenty of Cavs yeah. games over the past several years. So for me, it's just like whatever. And, you know, we leak past you. You look at, you look at the floor, the jerseys, you know, it's just the whole thing. And whenever I see the Cavs on the schedule, it's just like, eh. But the team I think is, uh, is very good. It's just whether, like you said, it's whether they get over that hump, do they have, um, you know, the guys to, to lead them to a, a series victory there. And then the other honorable mention I had was, uh, was the Dallas Mavericks, just because I'm curious on, Luca's the best player on the planet, and then Kyrie's the most talented. So I think that could be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Not sure as Jason Kidd is the uh, the coach there, but uh, you know it, it'll be interesting because I think they kind of both got to be uh, ball dominant guys. So we'll see how that ends up working out. And it seemed like whenever they had the chance to play together in the in the very few games, they they didn't play much together. So we'll there's a there's a big time intrigue on what uh, uh, on what that team will be, you know, for this coming season, if they can make the playoffs. Yep. Nope. Good call on that one. Where did you have the, the T wolves? Did you, do you rank them one to 10? I did. I had the T wolves actually as the number nine team. Okay. Um, so they were, they barely cracked the top 10. Um, but like I said, I just, I, I think that's just Ed, Anthony Edwards is just so interesting to me just to see what he's going to do um, after how he, he finished last season off with, uh, um, you know, all scoring and all that other good stuff. And I just think that uh, he's out for blood this year. And I just like, you know, I like, I like how he plays. I've always liked how Russ Westbrook has played. You know, he's even, even terrible Russ the past couple of years, the dude's playing hard, you know, can't make yeah. a jump shot to save his life, but okay, Anthony Edwards yeah. can. So, you know, it'd be yeah. an interesting thing. And, uh, I think Anthony Edwards is going to be good for, like I said, points. I think he's going to be good for uh, um, his three-point numbers and then first basket three-pointers. Um, I think he's going to he's going to chuck them quick. I think that's the way you're going to make money off of him. And one more thing about him, then we'll move on. But he was, uh, you know, they they played the Nuggets in the first round last year, and I mean they they kind of it wasn't close. They won a game, but. They played him almost as well as like the Heat did. <laughs> I mean, and Edwards was just—he was incredible in that series, even though they they got beat four to one. Um, all right, I'm going to give you my number ten, and I'll hear your number ten. My number ten is—you uh, know—it can be construed as a homer pick, but I have the Indiana Pacers as the number ten team in in my league pass rankings, and I just think they have a lot of really fun dudes. Um, I love Halliburton. Um, Halliburton is uh, my oldest son's favorite player. He loves Halliburton. He's got a jersey. Um, I think he has the potential to be the best point guard in the league. I think that it's just kind of he can do it all. Um, I mean, he'll average over ten assists uh, with this team. I, I think he'll probably be a twenty ten guy. Um, I just think he's the best young point guard going. Um, they got Obi Toppin. Um, in the offseason. I don't know if he's going to start or not, but um, just kind of imagining him. Catching him lobs. And, yeah, from Halliburton. I mean, that's that's going to be fun. Um, you know, Miles Turner kind of does his thing as long as he stays out of the lane for these guys. I like the Bruce Brown acquisition. Um, my favorite guy, I mean, I, 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 Halliburton, um, 
Ben Matherin, uh, that dude is really fun to watch. He's kind of a kind of a Wayne Wade type game. Um, still learning how to shoot, but man, he gets the bucket. Just from a watchability standpoint, they got a lot of young guys. I think they could, you know, kind of break through to become at least a play-in uh, team this year. So that's why I have the Pacers ten because I just think they're going to score a lot. I don't know if they'll have a lot of resistance as far as defense goes, but um, I could see them in a lot of high-scoring games with a lot of young dudes. I got the Pacers ten. Who's your ten? Yeah, actually, you know what? I uh, the Pacers were actually eleven for me, so they were on my honorable mention. So I, I for those reasons as well, my number ten is the uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Thought about ranking them higher. Um, I have them six at, at this point on this podcast because I have them six. Yeah, I I thought about going a little bit higher, but I mean, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Chet Holmgren's going to be uh, hopefully healthy this season here. Um, they've got Dort, uh, Jalen Williams. I mean, that's a good nucleus and they got like 800 draft picks in the next five years. So um, they can not only build the team, um, through the draft, they've got a good young nucleus right now. It's just whether they can maintain and resign these guys, you know, when it comes down to it, but Gilgis Alexander, he was a favorite of mine in, um, in, in betting his points. Cause the dude would put up. 25 guaranteed a night. It seemed like, I mean, you could easily put him in a, in a, in a parlay and you're pretty much guaranteed that every single night there. And they've just, um, they're, they're pretty good. And then Josh Giddy, I think say a, a, a real good, uh, real good playmaker at the point, real good passer, um, sees the floor well. And I think he's a perfect compliment because he doesn't, he doesn't need a lot of shots. He's, he's a, a true, you know, pass first point guard. So, Number ten here, but you know they, I, I could easily push them up the board, and I, I, I think I will throughout the season. Yeah, I don't have a lot to add. I, I, I had them as high as I did because of the reasons you mentioned. SGA is um, so impressive, and he's he doesn't even shoot threes. He just, I mean, he just he scores the ball at will, and it's you know inside the paint uh, that that ten to fifteen foot jumper, great mid range game. I love Giddy. Kind of has a Jokic type game as far as being a big guy that can handle um, a lot of the offense runs through him. Um, Chet is going to be fun just to see. You know, I think he's getting kind of overlooked. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I, I love the Thunder as a team that I think could push for 45 to 50 wins, and um, I can see him even maybe competing for like a top four seed in, in the West. So I can't wait to see this team. Um, I'm going to mention they're, they're in a couple of my best bets later as well. So, um, all right. So you had, you had the wolves at nine wolves at nine. So who is your 10 team? Uh, Oklahoma city. Oh. See, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep, keep me on, on. It's getting, it's getting past your here. bedtime. I know I, it's I know. getting past your bedtime. All right. So, um, my number nine is, Sacramento Kings. Um, Kings broke through last year. Um, really good playoff series with the Warriors. They lost. They got pretty much everyone back. Um, I love Fox. I love Sabonis. Sabonis was a little bit of a disappointment in the playoffs, but I mean, really fun player to watch as far, especially on the offensive end. Again, another team that will not stop a nosebleed whatsoever, but they're going to be in a lot of these 124 to 119 kind of games. 
as much as I hated him during college, I think Keegan Murray is going to take a step up this year, uh, be more relevant as well. Um, so a lot like the Thunder, a lot of fun young players, high scoring team uh, should be in a lot of entertaining games. So that's why I have the Kings um, at number nine. Uh, eight for you. Eight for me. Um, I have the the Los Angeles Lakers, and it's it's solely well not solely, it, it's LeBron James. It's just we're at what year twenty is it twenty twenty one something like that. It's twenty. Dude, isn't it? dude average what twenty five seven and seven or something like that as like a thirty nine year old or something like that. I mean I mean unreal and. We're, I know we're in the twilight years. We still had a, a phenomenal season last year, um, but it's just the Lakers. It's it's the it's the gold. You know, you know, you see the you see a late game. You, you know, the 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 floor. It's just it's just it's just awesome. You know, it's just one of those things that's just kind of cool. And you know, I don't know how good they are. They'll make the playoffs, I believe. Um, I think they're in that. You know, hopefully fifth, sixth. It's hopefully trying to stay out of the play-in games. Uh, it depends on Anthony Davis, really. I mean, whether he's healthy or not. Um, but, uh, but I think LeBron, as long as he stays healthy there, he's got to uh, kind of carry that team there. Um, Austin Reeves, I think, is a is a budding uh, young player there who's actually, I think, not just like a role player. I think he's actually a legitimately good player who's uh, going to be a per- – he was a perfect complement to LeBron down the stretch, and, and I think uh, he fits that team pretty well there. And then who's their point guard? D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, and they also got Gabe Vincent in the offseason. Um, oh, that's right. They did. They, they, they made Vincent. some really, really nice moves. I think. Um, you know, not to hijack what you're saying, but I, I, I legitimately thought at the end of the season. I know they made it to West Western Conference Finals. I, I mean, I thought the only team that was better than them was the Nuggets, and they, you know, of course they got swept, but a lot of those games were close. Uh, they were close in the second half and they, they lost them all, but I, I like what they added. Um, Gabe Vincent, um, Torian Prince is a three and D guy. They added, um, you know, the re-signed. Christian Wood. Christian Woods, good depth guy. Um, they drafted my guy, uh, Jalen Hood Shafino. Um, but no, they have a lot of depth. They have a lot of depth. I love the Austin Reeves, uh, re-signing and they got him really cheap. Um, so, yeah, I think guys like that, Russell, Reeves, Vincent, can take some of that load off of LeBron so he doesn't have to, you know, slog through a January game playing 42 minutes. And uh, um, I have them at number four on on, on my rankings, so oh, quite a bit higher than you. But, um, you know, I, I really think they're going to be fun to watch because they got a lot of guys that can put up 20 points. I, I can't wait to see Davis yet again. He's going to – he's going to – He's already pulled me in, and he fooled me. He, I don't know if you heard him say this, but he said he wants to play two games. No, I, 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 I didn't hear him say that. How long is that going to last? Like, when ten games into the season, when he stumbles and falls, and he's he's slow to get up every time he falls down. <laughs> um, I was going to say, if you had, to, if you had a who plays more games, if it's uh, Davis or Zion, really, I mean, you know, that's you a good could really. But uh, yes, no, I think they have a pretty good team and. It, it'll be interesting, and it's just, you know, I, LeBron is is generally very polarizing, as as everybody knows. So, you know, him being on the Lakers when the Lakers are relevant is just is good stuff. Uh, my number eight team 
was the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, I don't know if they made your top 10 at all. Um, but, uh, you know, this team for me is, I guess it does come down to Zion, speaking of Zion. Um, I mean, you want to talk about just polarizing for such a, such a, I mean, a player that could be so impactful. He simply just can't stay on the court. Can't even get on the court at times. Um, but man, can you imagine if this team would play, if he, if, if he'd play 65 games, I mean, um, I, I don't even know if we know how well he, um, CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram would work together. I don't, I don't even know if there's, I, I think, I think I saw where they played 10 games together last season. Um, yeah. So I, I, but man, when Zion's out there and he's healthy, it is, it is pretty incredible to watch. Um, you know, I think we saw glimpses of it a couple of years ago before he, he really missed a lot of time and it's he's he's he plays a game unlike anyone else and he's a great passer he's a great playmaker for his size um just got to see more just got to stay on the court um uh, trey murphy is fun um he can i mean if you're talking about one of the best dunkers in the league from a watchability standpoint for a league pass standpoint he's there um so i'm, I'm in on this team if they can stay healthy um yeah, I don't. I'm sure they did not make your top ten. They they did not. I I really wish um, you know Willie Green, their head coach. He was in my graduating class at the University of Detroit Mercy, so I kind of root I root for them, and I I want to see Zion succeed because I mean you know you want to see elite athletes. You should want to see elite athletes, um, you know, display their craft, and and unfortunately that doesn't work. But I think they've built a pretty solid team, and I think. I think Brandon Ingram is a guy who's kind of can accept over, over the past couple of years, kind of accept that it's Zion's team. And, and I think CJ McCollum is just a good, really good basketball player. Like, uh, like you said there. So, you know, it's just, can they, if he's playing, yeah. I, and, and we could count on him for 60, 65 games. Yeah. I would, uh, I would definitely be a lot more interested in it, but you know, as of now, you just, you, you know, you expect, you, you know what the season starts in less than a week and and he's probably going to come up with some ailment where he's going to miss the first five games, you know, type of thing, unfortunately. Seven. Who do you got? Seven. I have the Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, um, I don't think they're going to, I think they're going to be okay. Cause they've got John bead, uh, you know, one of the best centers in the league, uh, reigning MVP. I think Nick nurse is a great coach. Like mm-hmm. Tyrese Maxey is, one of those guys that's going to be, uh, uh, you know, he's ascending to one of the better players in the league, but you've got the big dark cloud of James Harden. And, you know, when these guys get pouty and don't want to be there, they will get pouty and they will not be there. And he's, he certainly hasn't, but I think just for the interesting thing of just watching them is just seeing Pat Beverly follow dude on the inbound after a made basket and then him, you know, scoring a basket, doing the too small, you know, celebration. <laughs> and you got MB that's going to, going to flop. And then how good is the Nick nurse, like surprised face? Like he has just got the absolute best reaction in the league. And I think all that stuff, I mean, you know, you got just a mismatched group of characters 
that I think are going to win a fair amount of games. They're not going to win a ton of games like they have in the lap, in the past couple of seasons. I don't see them winning 50 games this year. Um, but just that lineup of dudes, even if you throw James Harden in there, because he that dude won't give a shit. I mean, he, he might just, uh, you know, he'll just coast and, you know, be fat and in his warm-up, you know, warm-up suit and all that stuff and everything like that. So it's just, I, I think, They'll be kind of fun just to see that, and I do like watching Joel Embiid play. I think he's he's uh, I think he plays hard. I think he plays really hard. Um, I think he means well. Um, you know, he's he's a, a talker and everything. I think he's a good NBA personality and a and a you know a plus player that that makes it interesting. But the guys they got around him though, there might be too much like. Too many, I guess, too many distractions. But for that, I think that's why I'm going to tune in to those games and watch. I do not have them on my top ten. Um, I do want to see, I want to see Maxi. I think he is, he's going to make a jump. And yeah. I, the Harden thing is, you know, it's just worth monitoring how that's going to play out. Um, it does feel like the Sixers, and, and I guess more specifically Embiid. He's just kind of – they're always like the third or fourth best team in the East, and they, they can never quite get there, get past these obstacles. And you kind of wonder if it's ever going to happen for him while he's in Philly. And, you know, is there is there a time limit in his mind on when that's – you know, when is this going to expire where he's got to move on? Um, so, yeah, I do not have the Sixers in my top ten. My number seven is the Golden State Warriors. Um, you could probably have this just as an autoplay while Steph is there, while Steve Kerr is coaching this team. Um, definitely a team in, in a bit of flux, I think. Um, you know, they're aging for sure. Um, made a big, you know, change with, uh, you know, offloading Jordan Poole, which obviously they had to. Um, I think there was definitely a chemistry issue there with, uh, especially with Draymond. Um the acquisition of Chris Paul, I think, is really interesting and should – I mean, I can't wait to see – I mean, Chris Paul, Steph, and Clay on the court at the same time should be different and could be really devastating. Um, I don't know how they guard teams if all three are on the floor. Um, you know, Clay is not the defensive player he used to be. You know, and also, you know, is Draymond playing four or five and his Wiggins on the court, like they could be incredibly small when Chris Paul's out there, if they're trying to play all these guys together in French time, but, um, but it's still infinitely fun to watch the Warriors play basketball um, and to watch Steph do what he does, because it's just, it's, it's like art, you know, it's just like you, you get out there and you shoot, you shoot the basketball and you're shooting threes and you're, I mean, you see what he does and it's just become so routine, but I mean, it's the the level of difficulty is just pure insanity. What he's continuing to do now at what, 35. Um, so that's why I have Warriors at uh, at seven. I like them. Um, I have them further up in my ranking, so we'll uh, we'll get to them when we get to them. But uh, but yeah, those are some. They're the Warriors. Uh, do seven for you, or are we on to six? Uh, we did seven, and my number six team is uh, um, is the Sacramento Kings. Um, okay. You know, I I like to watch defense. I mean, if you if you ask me, I'd like to watch teams that play good defense and and try to win games like that and and all that other stuff. 
but this team's this team's fun and the crowd's fun. Uh, I think De'Aaron Fox didn't he break a break his hand or break a finger or something like that in that Golden State series? Yeah. I think yeah. I don't know if he missed any time because of it, but I think it affected uh, how we play. But I think he's a he's a dude. I think he's a guy. He is a legit certified dude in this league, and I think that you could win games in the playoffs with him too. It just seems like something clicked. Um, and maybe he was like that before. Uh, where would he play? Where did he play before that? Fox wasn't he traded? Or no, he thought, wasn't traded. Never mind. I thought, yeah, no, I he was drafted by the Kings. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But yeah, Sabonis is just such a uh, such a uh, interesting all around player. Do. He gets a ton of rebounds. Love him on his over rebounds prop, like every single night. Like you could, you could really like put him yeah. in a parlay, ten plus rebounds every night, guaranteed. And he's usually going to have seven, eight assists, and and he's a great defender as well. So I think he's a real good, real good fit um, for that team there. And then, like you said, I like Keegan Murray. Um, didn't play well most of last season, kind of lost his way, but but uh, ended up playing some decent basketball, I believe, down the stretch. Um, ready to make that year year two leap, and then uh, you know you got Malik Monk, who's you know good yeah. scorer, and and they've got dudes who can who can put the ball through the hoop there. So like you said, they're going to score a boatload of points. So you know just you you pick your when you play your your late night parlays there. Find the guys and and see who's hot and you know with the good matchups um, and that's something that uh, uh, play their over point total because they're going to score so much this season. Yeah, Kevin Herter too. I like him. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they just got a lot of guys and the, the, the pieces seem to fit. Um, uh, six. I had the Thunder. Who? Um, so we're on to five, correct? Five. My number five was the Boston Celtics. Um, could definitely argue this team could be higher. Um, I have them five because, um, I mean, you could argue, you could argue and say that this their foursome is the best four in the league with Tatum and Brown. Uh, you know, coming back again, but now they've they've added on and they've they've got uh, Porzingis and uh, this. Last edition of Drew Holiday just a couple weeks ago. I mean, it makes them, I mean, incredibly diverse. And, you know, Drew Holiday is one of the best perimeter defenders in the league still, even at his age. I think he's 33. Um, you know, Tatum's going to average 28, 29. Brown's going to probably average in the mid 20s. You know, Porzingis might be, he might be the key to see what if he's. I mean, he was really good last year with the Wizards, really, really good. Um, I think he averaged like 23 and 11 and uh, making his threes. He's going to have so many wide open threes, I bet, from the corner. Um, yeah, I just I just think this team is so good. I do question the coach, but from just a basketball standpoint, they, they kind of give you everything um, that you want. They don't have Marcus Smart anymore, but uh, that might be an addition by subtraction thing. I think he had – kind of overstate his welcome. Uh, Derek White, I think, is going to be the fifth starter. So I, I just think the starting five might be the best in the league, and this team might win 60 games. 60 games, wow. I mean, that's – that's, that's Sam. Is, yeah. I also have Boston at five, not because I think they're going to be the fifth best team in the league, but because, you know, just yeah. – I, I think 
you know, I think there's just some other teams that are ahead of them that are going to be more fun to to tune into. But this team, though, on a, on a night by night basis, is is uh, is fun. I mean, you have Tatum and Brown, and then and then you add, add those other guys. And yeah, Marcus Smart did. He was edgy and he added a lot, and he kind of added a little bit of an attitude to, uh, you know, Tatum, who's generally kind of a passive guy. Um, um, so when the playoffs would come, you know, he'd kind of be that guy, but he was oftentimes taking, uh, taking a lot of shots that he didn't need to take when you got two of the best players in the league, um, you know, on the floor with you there, you gotta kind of do that. And, and Drew Holiday, I think is a great addition because it'll take the pressure off of, uh, Tatum running the point forward or Jalen Brown running, mm-hmm. uh, um, the, the point guard there and, you know, it just, it, it's a real good team. Like you said, this, the coaching, I think at this point is, is in question with, uh, with Joe Mazzula and really depth wise, I don't know what they've got, you know, beyond those five guys there. So may have to log a lot of minutes. The good thing about what, uh, what the, the Celtics have done in the past couple of years is usually it's, it's uh, Tatum having the, you know, born in 35 or 40 points one night, and then he'll, you know, the next night it'll be Jalen Brown with 35 and, and Tatum will, you know, he'll, he'll score 20 to 25 or something like that. So they kind of are able to take their turns as far as, as having those elite nights. And uh, that's what also makes them, uh, since there's a betting show we got to talk about, that's what makes them really tough to, to bet because the, when you think Jalen Brown's going to go off, it's Jason Tatum going five of nine from three and, and putting in 45 points. And then, and then, you know, then you bet, Jason Tatum to have a big night and then he goes one of eight and has 22 points or something like that so you know it's just that that's a tough one there but as far as like watching them and everything I, I it's very interesting I I mean I love the Celtic green the parquet floor I mean it's just mm-hmm. yeah. it's some good stuff and the crowds usually get into it pretty good that Boston crowd does so you know as long as they got a decent opponent in there um you know they're they're generally pretty fun to watch yep my number four was the Lakers. I already mentioned that. Uh, who is your number four? Number four is the Denver Nuggets. And oh, oh disrespectful. I, you know, <laughs> I, I still, you know, this is actually better. I will say this is a lot better than I probably would have had them before they won the championship. I will apologize uh, to Nikola Jokic and say, I was kind of unfamiliar with how unreal your game was until watching the Western conference finals. And then the finals, mm-hmm. like just game rarely are on in my awake windows and just don't watch many of his games. And the guy just puts dudes in a blender. I mean, he just, he, he gets the ball at the top of the key and, can't guard him. I mean, it's a guarantee point. He's either going to pass it to somebody on the block that's cutting, or he's going to hit a fadeaway, or he's going to drive in his in his his fat little self in there and use his body to to shield off the defender, and he's going to score. It's just I can see now after watching the finals there, I had always questioned on why he was winning those MVPs. Mm-hmm. He he was yeah. unbelievable in the finals, and and I didn't. I guess I didn't realize that. So. Um, with that Third, being said, he, he I mean, had a 30 20 10 game in the NBA finals. I mean, that's <laughs> insane. What do you, what do you say? A 30 20 and 10 in the finals. This isn't like, yeah. 
this this isn't like Thursday Thursday night, you know, in Phoenix or something like that. I mean, this is uh, unbelievable. And against and I against, think against one of the best mission. one of the best defensive centers in the league in Bam Adebayo. I mean, he put up 30, 20, yeah. 10. I mean, it's I, it was it's absurd. It's absurd. Yeah, I just, but uh, I, you know, it's just. I, I probably should rank them even higher, but I just, you know, it's just because the fact that I don't watch many of the games because they're just not available and, you know, but uh, I think they definitely are going to be pretty good um, as long as uh, Jamal Murray's still healthy. And I didn't realize he's only 25 years old and he's missed a couple seasons and he's that good. And now they lost so Bruce. Good. So good. he is. Good. Uh, they lost Bruce Brown uh, who got paid in, uh, in Indy. Um, yeah. And I think he he did a lot, but I think they're going to be able to piece together. And as long as you've got, I mean, as long as you've got Jokic and and Murray, I mean, that's that's a pretty good combination right there. Yeah, I mean, I I think Murray's one of the three best scoring guards uh, going right now. I mean, sometimes he gets so hot where he'll put up thirty five forty, and Jokic doesn't have to score that much. Um, Michael Porter's sort of the perfect guy for this team. Perfect boomer bust. He could go off and make eight threes. Um, he might disappear at times. Aaron Gordon fits in perfectly. Um, yeah, the, the pieces fit. They're gonna. They're just again. They're kind of like the Warriors to me. I just love watching them play basketball from an offensive standpoint. The just the way the the offense flows through Jokic and it's so non traditional and but it just. Man, the, the two man game with him and Murray just works so well. And they're just, it's almost unstoppable. Um, I have them at number two. Um, just again, for all the reasons we just said, I just, I just love watching them play. Can't wait to see them play in, in big games, you know, like when they play the Lakers or um, the Suns, uh, the Celtics, whoever. So I, I, I just, I want to see those games. But Nuggets are, are pretty high on my list. Um, so we're at three. My number three was Phoenix. Um, I have a lot of questions about Phoenix as far as what they're going to be with, you know, dealing DeAndre Aiden. Um, not that he was sort of the, the linchpin of this team, but um, I, I do question how they're going to stop guys. Um, that's I guess that's sort of the theme of a lot of the, the league pass teams here. <laughs> um, but gosh, I think they're just going to try the uh, let's see how many points we can score between our, our our top three dudes with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, now Bradley Beal, and just see how it works out. But um, I, I love Booker. I think Booker is uh, Booker's like just he's got something in him that's like a the, the, he's got like a fuck you in him that I don't feel like maybe like a Jason Tatum has, and then he goes and proves it. Um, so I, I think Booker has a chance of having an MVP type season uh, if he can stay healthy, stay on the court. Um, he's so efficient for mid range. Um, it'd be interesting to see how the ball shared with Beal being added because you know Beal has hasn't always been you know the the most unselfish guy. Um, another guy that's missed a lot of games, but man, that that series with the Suns and Nuggets last year. Um, mm-hmm. And, the, and the, I think it was the Western semis and, and just what Booker and Durant were doing at, I mean, every, every game, I mean, putting up, I think that there was a game where they both put up 40. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be really fun to watch. I, you know, there's a ton of questions around them and I really don't know the long-term viability 
with them in the playoffs, but um, regular season should be fun. So I had the Simpsons. Uh, three for me was also the Suns, um, and I am very, very curious to see. I'm, I, I, I hope, I hope like hell, KD can be healthy all season long. We just thirty-five years old, and we're, we've only got a couple more years here. Uh, and you know, one of the greatest scorers of all time. I'm just hoping, and you know, I think, uh, I think Book is going to be one of the. He's just going to be kind of your your mainstay going to get you you know whatever his numbers are every single night there and his consistency and i think there is some unselfish play with him as well um it'll be interesting to see without chris paul running the offense um kind of see how they go with that um i I think chris paul you know for any faults or whatever he damn good point guard i mean the guy could run run the offense and and uh you know he was the main cog i think that revitalized that team years ago and, and made them, you know, they were supposed to lose a bunch of games and made them kind of relevant there. So, and then, yeah, you're right. Bradley Beal. What, what are we going to get from him? Is he going to be a guy who's okay being the third option? You know, I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling he will. I have a feeling he will. I, I don't think he really wanted to go necessarily get traded from, uh, from Washington. And I think he was just kind of content. And I think looking just a, just a prediction here is he was not going to be overly concerned with his, with getting his numbers every single night there. Like, like KD is going to look at getting and, and, you know, Booker's going to get just because of, you know, how he is there. So it'll be interesting to see how those three guys, and then you're going to probably have, I think Eric Gordon still plays there. Um, you know, he'll be playing a lot down the stretch, you know, can those guys play any defense as well? Um, you know, with whatever, with whatever fifth guy you throw in there. So it'll be, uh, I think it'll be a fun team to watch. And I think the Suns has always been a cool logo, the basketball court, the jerseys, they got some of the old, uh, the old school Jersey that they're going to throw out there. The one that, uh, uh, the one that Bart Charles Barkley, uh, wore when he, you know, when they made the finals there. So I think it'll be kind of cool. Um, it'll just be how they're going to sort it out with the new head coach and, and to see where they're going to go at with the, with that. But uh, you know, they got the young owner, Matt Ishbia, the Michigan state grad um, who has endless money and is uber competitive because he wanted to fight the Joker in the playoffs there. Um, so he's good. I think he's an ultra competitive guy and he'll do things to, to make that team better, whether it's a, a trade acquisition or, or whatever, um, I think he's definitely committed to making that team good. So I think they're going to be pretty, pretty relevant, pretty fun to watch. And KD, please stay healthy. Got a lot of miles on him too, uh, and a lot of, you know, a lot of major injuries in his history. So yep. yeah, it's getting up there too. Um, all right, my number two was the Denver Nuggets. Of course, uh, your number two is the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. Thought about making them number one. They could. You know, they're one, one or two. Um, I think it's just because uh, there's a there's some some bias because they're an Eastern Conference team, and I've I've I hate the floor. I I hate their multicolored basketball court. I just don't like it there. But uh, Giannis is I, I think going to be just insane this year. Um, you know, they acquired Damian Lillard, and I think him and Dame are going to be just phenomenal together. I just hope they're they're both healthy to see to see how this plays out. Um, then you get Chris Middleton, who's the perfect like number three complement 
who can who could do a lot of stuff there. But Giannis mm-hmm. is is gonna be on FU mode, I think, this season. Um, I think he was on Instagram. He was tagging people that he was dunking on. Um, I think he's he's kind of you know he was that he's always been that likable you know guy with the big smile and all that stuff, real personable guy. I think he still is, but I think there's going to be a mean streak to him. And I think there has been ever since they won that NBA championship. So you know I think uh, I think he's ready to be recommitted. Um, Mike Boldenholzer uh, is no longer the coach. The guy who always looked like he was sweating a bet. He always looked like he had that quarter zip that he had kind of rolled up to his under his elbows there and just always looked concerned like he was going to lose a he had a big bet going on there and he was watching the game and or watching the game and wasn't sure like sitting in Vegas like that. You know, that's just always what he reminded me of. But uh, the number two team, I think uh, I, they might be the best team in the league, though. I think with that one two combination uh, with with Damon Lillard. So I, I can't I, I'm looking forward to seeing how they look. Yeah, they're they're my number one team. Um, uh, they are. I mean, they they've been a, they've been a mainstay the last four or five seasons in the East. You know, they they won the title a couple of years ago, but there had been there was definitely a sense that they had maybe gone as far as they could with this team, especially after being upset by the Heat uh, in the one eight uh, the one eight series last year. And, uh, you knew that something was going to happen. Nothing did happen for most of the off season, except Budenholzer being, uh, you know, being replaced, but man, that, that Willard trade really came out of nowhere. And, uh, you know, you can always say like, man, you know, I don't know if scoring was, was the problem. They're going to be worse on defense. I get all that, but man, this might be, I mean, this is just the, the most fun one-two punch in the league now. And they they play a game that you think would fit incredibly well together. If you picture Lillard coming off Giannis screen rolls and what they can do there, Giannis, how he grabs a board and he just pushes the pace. I mean, about how many potential trailing threes that Lillard is going to have this season with, with you know, that, that secondary break. Um, I just think it's going to be incredible to watch. I hope, I hope both those guys stay healthy and, uh, I'm rooting for Lillard. I like him. I, I think he's he's a good dude, and um, you know, a little bit in the shadow of of Steph, but an incredible shooter and scorer in his own right. And uh, see if he can get one. Um, should be should be fun to watch. So I by by my calculations, your number one team is the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors still. Wow, I, that's still that's the Golden of, State. It's a bit Warriors. of an upset to me. Yeah, you know what? I kept thinking about it, and I, and I was like, who who gets me excited? If I'm turning on ESPN on a Friday night, it's like who what what what's going to excite me is a uh, game in San Francisco uh, with uh, with Steph, with Clay, with Draymond, and it, I think it's just it's just fun. I think Steph's incredibly fun to watch. Um, you know, and they just, he, I like the way, uh, you know, I like the, the type of basketball that he plays. I don't know what Draymond's got left in him, but you just never know with him. I mean, you know, he, he feels he's overmatched. He'll start, uh, he'll start to kind of chirp and get into, you know, try to get into the referee's head or get into somebody else's head. And, and it's just, you know, it's just, it's just an interesting 
team that we've seen so this the, the core that we've seen for so many years and it's just still still my number one league pass uh interest is to tune into those guys now are they going to win 50 games i i really don't think they're going to win 50 games but i think they'll win a lot of games just because of those and steve kerr i think steve kerr's you know obviously one of the the, the more elite coaches but uh you know it's just it's just fun basketball and I just kind of like that up and down. And it's just, you know, you look at teams that we've talked about, like Sacramento and, and Phoenix, where you're like, well, do they really play defense? Not sure if Draymond's got much left in the tank, but he kind of, him and Clay kind of, you know, they, they try. And then uh, Kayvon Looney, I think, is a is a solid kind of defender. Um, so they can, uh, you know, they can, they can do some things. And Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, you remember a few years ago, you and I were talking about him when he was playing for the, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and we were like, that guy is hot garbage. I mean, he's just knew that we're going to amount to be anything, and it's turned out to be a pretty dependable, pretty good basketball player um, yeah. and, and is, uh, you know, modeling a, a nice little career there. So still going to go with the uh, the Golden State Warriors as my number one, and I'm you know, i looking forward to the first first Friday night uh, weekend I have off of tuning in and, and you know, watching, watching Steph go off for – 40 with like 10 threes yeah i'm a little surprised i'm a little surprised you had him at one i mean i, I definitely respect it um i mean i had him at seven i i, I again still enjoy watching him but i didn't there, there's obviously a bit of a gap there but uh all these a lot of these teams you it feels like you could throw a blanket over with how close it could be um you know you think about the top two or three in the west top two or three in the east and um, it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Um, I, I know we've went a little long here, maybe rapid fire. Um, we've both got four or five best bets uh, on the season, um, so we don't have to go into too much. But uh, what's what's a couple? Uh, are, are you looking at player props? Are you looking at over-under wins or division winners? What do you got? Well, I look today. I haven't really looked much um, prior to this. I do like a lot of team win totals. Um, I actually wrote down, I wrote down six of them. So just real quick. Um, I like this, the Phoenix suns over 51 and a half wins. Uh, the Cleveland Cavs under 51 and a half, uh, Philly under 48 and a half, Minnesota over 44 and a half. OKC over 44 and a half. And that's a, that's kind of a nuke bet for me. And then, uh, The, the Atlanta Hawks uh, over 42 and a half. I think they're going to be pretty good. We didn't talk about them, but I think they're ready to take the next step. I really like, so, I, I, I like the Thunder and the Hawks quite a bit there. Yeah. Um, and you recall last year, we, you, Colin and I, we loved the Nuggets. You remember how much loved we loved the Nuggets? <laughs> and so we, I mean, we do feel like we were, um, we, we were right on there. We loved the Raptors as well. That did not pan out great. <laughs> They're going to be bad. I like the Raptors under this year. Yeah. They're going to be bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, this this is fascinating because this this sort of um, this sort of shows how you look at your bets and then how I look at my bets because I have I have much uh, longer uh, odds than, than than you do. But I have I'll go with the shortest. I have Chet as rookie of the year at plus three twenty. Um, of course, there's so much hoopla around Wemby, but Chet's now, I know he hasn't played much, but he's been in the league. He's, you know, been around these guys and 
a lot of his game is similar and I think the Thunder, like I said, I think they're going to be good, and I think that's going to play into Chet having a great chance at plus 320. I've already bet it. Um, so I love him for that number. Um, I guess I'm on the Thunder train because I I am going to bet uh, SGA, Shade Gilgis Alexander, for MVP at plus 1,900. Um, it's a bit of a long Ooh, shot. but I like it. If you've envisioned, say, the Thunder going like, I don't know, winning 52 games and getting the four seed, like, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to average 28 to 30 points for this team. And uh, I just think it's a good number. Uh, two more MVP pets. Again, I mentioned Booker. I still like him as well. Plus 2,000. The Suns are going to be good. They're going to win a lot of games. Booker's going to be the best player on that team. Here's the one that you'll probably laugh at. And I'll probably laugh at in a couple months after he misses half the season because of a shoulder or, or a knee. But um, – you know, I keep getting pulled in. It's Anthony Davis at 40 to one. And uh, I know Jesus Christ. Um, the Lakers are going to be good. You know, you, you mentioned, you hope they miss, they're not going to be in the play and all that. I, I think they're going to be good. I mean, they have regular season viability to me. I think they're going to be a top three seed. I, I think there's a chance they could be the one. Um, if, if Davis could just stay healthy, we saw what he could be in the Western Conference Finals. Um, you know, he had a couple 30, 20 games himself, and he's just a menace defensively when he's out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, this is a long shot. It might be his last best chance to win an MVP because now I think he's, what is he, 30? Um, and uh, obviously he's he's getting a lot of wear on him, and it's just going to be harder and harder to win. So Anthony Davis at 40-1. to one. This one, I almost feel like it's just mispriced. I actually had to double check and saying this is my last one. And we already talked about him a ton earlier. We both love him. Anthony Edwards as the most improved player. That's going off at 40 to one. And I, I, I was trying to figure out why. Um, you know, the favorite was Tyrese Maxey at 10 to one. But you see this a lot where a guy, he has not made an all star team. Um, no, he did. I'm sorry, he did make one All Star team. Has not made an All NBA team. That's what I was thinking. I just think if he makes like a first team All NBA, second team All NBA next year, like I think he could be most improved. Um, he's only 22 years old. I just think 40 to one. Like, why not? Like, why not put five bucks on it? I think it's worth a flyer at least. Yeah, but I mean, I think everybody, uh, I think you're going to judge him based on him maybe being a plus player. Um, but John John Morant won this award a couple years ago, and we already he thought did. He was That's a that, that is true. That is true. Yeah, because I wrote down a couple names for my, most improved, but it's like, what is the qualification for it? Right. You know, it's like, is it, you know, is it uh, you got to be an all star or is it you know something like that? So yeah, you're right. John Morant took that leap, and Anthony Edwards. That's that's actually not too bad of a you know not too bad of an idea there. You know, I don't what know. if he what if he goes and torches the first month of the season? I mean, he could yeah. be be the live favorite after a month. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just again, that's that's a weird category as we mentioned. There's you don't really know what the criteria is, but you know, just just number base. So that's my last one. Um, so we we have some over unders you can go with with you or uh, some some longer plays on on player props. Um, it's gonna be fun to watch it play out. 
you know, we really don't do a lot of NBA talk after it starts. So maybe we, we should do something mid season after the Christmas games and see where we're at and see how this is all playing out. Because I think it's going to be, it's going to be really fascinating to see how, you know, some of these off season acquisitions play out and especially for the contenders. And, uh, and we can see how your Pistons are doing, see if they're, um, see if they're pushing in the right direction or they're just going to be in this malaise after the, the lottery. Um, hopefully not. Um, I'll be watching them. Though. We'll see. We'll see. Thanks for, uh, you know, getting through the league pass rankings. I know it's a little different, so um, appreciate it as always. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah, hopefully uh, well, I'm ready for a good NBA season. I'm really excited for next week. Absolutely. All right, your best bets. Catch us on YouTube. Um, uh, golf season is obviously winding down, so now we'll just be throwing out some different shows the rest of the way. Um, so appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next time.